Thursday, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rob, and this is episode number 263 of Shut Up and Grind. So those of you that are looking for Tuesday's episode, apparently Spotify and Anchor joined forces, and now I can't log in <laughs> to upload to my Anchor account. So as soon as I figure that out, I'll, I'll upload Tuesday's episode, because you definitely want to check that one out as well. And today we're going to be talking about when working too much causes you to lose yourself. But first, if you're new to the show, we're all about overcoming obstacles. We're about defying the odds and helping you clear the path to whatever is blocking you from whatever it is that you want to accomplish in this lifetime. So if you're joining me on either of my Facebook pages, please like, please share, because you don't want to keep this good info all to yourself. And if you're brand new, I challenge you to stay to the end because every show has been absolutely incredible. And I'm not just saying that because it's my show. If it wasn't incredible, I wouldn't do this. I bring guests from all over the world. I've had guests from six of the seven continents. At some point, I'm going to get somebody from Antarctica. It's going to happen. But for right now, six of the seven continents. And today, joining me from the UK is Martin Sharp. And we're going to be talking about his journey from where he lost himself to where he reclaimed himself. So let's welcome him to the show. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, Rob, yourself? Doing great. Always. I, I can't say always great because, you know, life gives you some ups and downs. So I'm on I'm on the upward coming out of a down. But other than that, I'm good. <laughs> Excellent. Well, you've got, you've got to find the, find the good things every single day, you know, find those golden nuggets, hold on to them, just make every day as super as you can. Absolutely. See, and restarting the show because like this is only my second show since the end of December. So getting back into doing this has already got a renewed sense of purpose back, back in me. So it's all about getting back to what you love and what you're passionate about. Fantastic. Yeah. And then when you can find that thing that you love, and you can get into your groove and all of a sudden things just flow, don't they? It no longer becomes a, a grind or a struggle. It literally is just a case of you do it because you're enjoying it. Uh, and, and I think that's one of the kind of key magical parts when you can do and find those things in life that really help and light you up. It is it's a pleasure. You know, and it's funny how you say find, because what, what I'm finding is, again, this is my 263rd episode. It's already there. It's like when I'm working with people, I'm like, what, like what you're passionate about, it's already there. It's already in your subconscious mind. It's like just somewhere over time, it's been suppressed. And then once, once you let it surface, like, like with me, I always wanted to be a speaker always. And then I spent 20 years in a restaurant industry. And so, you know, like it just got suppressed and suppressed and suppressed. And then once I started leaning into it, and then once I started this podcast, it's like, oh my God, like I should have been doing this all along, you know? So like, it's just already there. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's great. I mean, especially when you can find a wonderful way of being able to share it with other people as well. Because, you know, we are social animals at the end of the day. You know, we, we are designed to be sociable. We're not designed to just do things on our own. But yet, exactly. so many, I mean, me included. I mean, when I was trying to go through various different things, I always tried to do things by myself. And it wasn't until I kind of realized that, that things really started to flow a lot better. Exactly. Let me pull, let me pull up the, the live feed if you get any questions. All right. So, are you originally from the UK? Yeah, born and bred. Uh, so, I've not not moved a million miles away uh, from where <laughs> I was originally born. And uh, I have travelled uh, a fair bit. So, uh, like yourself, I'm a speaker. I've actually spoken across uh, 
it has, has live and on uh, webinars and things across most of the different continents. And it's quite mm -hmm. interesting when you're speaking to people in uh, across Europe or in the US or Dubai or like Kazakhstan or somewhere. It's just yeah. really nice being able to have that kind of interaction and almost come a, a little bit more worldly wise. And I think that kind of helps open your eyes to a lot of different things and and being able to have that that impact and suddenly you see a lot of people's problems are actually very similar it doesn't actually matter where you are in the world yes yes i've said that like again since starting this i've spoken to people from all over and you know not knocking anyone's cultural or religious struggles because i mean those things are are what they are but when you get to the heart of each person everyone just wants the same things you know, they, they want they want to be close with the family. They want to be happy. They want to be successful. Like, doesn't matter if you're from South Africa, if you're from Argentina, if you're from Ireland, Bangladesh. Like, I'm speaking from people from all over, and it all comes back to that one central theme. You know, it's like once we can get politics and societal norms out of our out of our headspace, and just like we said earlier, focus on what you're passionate about and just move forward and make it happen. Like you'll be absolutely unstoppable. And so I know you went through a journey, right? So you were working, you were working, working, and you ended up losing yourself, you know? So like that kind of ties into what we both just said. So just take me through what happened. Like how, like how did it get to where you reached that breaking point? How did you get the courage to step out of it? And then ultimately how you took action? Crumbs. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it literally was a set of my own business really that made the, the kind of trigger point. And are you a business person? You're running your own business as well? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you, you probably are well familiar then with the, the trials and tribulations. You know, the book starts and ends with you on every single thing. So you, you're the first person to switch the lights on, last person to switch them off every single day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And, yeah. and if, you, if you let yourself believe that, and you start to live that, then automatically you then start to, other things have to atrophy in your life, yes. um, which yes. might be, for example, your own health, it might be your own relationships and things. So you then start to, to become more laser focused on certain things to make those uh, work for you. And, 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 and that's what happened to me. And, and, and to be frank, it was a complete surprise. I mean, um, I was away on holiday with my family. I took them all over to, to Florida to uh, to go to the theme parks, to go to the Kennedy Space Center, Clearwater, all those kind of lovely places in Florida. Oh, yeah. And um, we had an absolutely fantastic time. But while I was there, my, my mum took a photograph of uh, myself and my wife. And I just kind of realized I'd got moobs bigger than my wife's boobs. Mm. And the thing was, I didn't recognize myself as being that person because you know five years previously just prior to setting my own business i was running triathlons i was competing in canoe slalom and things i was a quite fit guy i wasn't amazingly fit yeah. um but i was okay and and, it's, and for me it was all that absolutely just concentrating on just making sure everything in the business worked okay and and, and i became almost obsessed with saying that and, and lost myself completely like you say mm. Yeah, like I've I've been there, been there myself. Like I was an all-American athlete, and my ex-wife had abandoned myself and my toddler child. And just in that time period, I just let myself go. And it's one of those things that you don't even realize it. But very similar to what you said, I was getting out of the shower and I caught my reflection in the mirror. And same thing. I like it's like I got man boobs. I was like, I was like, what the? I was like, dude, this isn't you. And I know that I know the internet likes to throw out jazz. This has nothing to do with fat shaming. We're talking about ourselves here. 
okay? We're talking about ourselves. Like, I didn't like what I saw in that mirror. And then same thing, I just I just went went to town and, you know, made, made it happen. But so you have that realization. What did you do next? Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you were saying about the, the thing about fat shaming and things. Yeah. And, and you're absolutely right. That's not what it's about. And and I think it was that moment of realization that it kind of then I had to then admit the other things that I was denying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's sometimes the other things that are sometimes a bigger driver. Like, for example, I was I was struggling to actually get out of bed on the morning. I'd have to roll onto my side to get up. You couldn't do my, I couldn't do my shoelaces up properly. Wow. Um, you know, it, it was even getting to the point I was being denied being able to take my kids on roller coasters and stuff because I couldn't fit in the seat. So yeah. it, it, the, there were some real problematic things I was just kind of denying. It was, oh, I'm just getting old. That's why I've got the aches and pains. Oh, it's mm-hmm. just because I've got asthma is why I can't run as much as I used to. Be. All those kind of little things you say, then you just pass <laughs> it off as an excuse. Yeah. Um, and uh, so yeah, so, so I came back off that holiday, and I said to my wife, "I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna sort myself out. I'm gonna get this done." So you do like everyone does. I went straight down to the gym, got myself a gym membership, got myself a PT, started downloading diet plan off the internet, started going through all these things, and and guess what? Nothing worked. Nothing changed. I <laughs> <laughs> and you kind of get you you're in that point where you know six months in, nine months in, still nothing's kind of changed. You're thinking, why on earth am I doing this? Why am I putting myself through this? But I'm thinking, no, I've got to do it. I've got to change. I've got to make something happen. So I went through a whole set of different things. I I, I joined karate. Uh, gym uh, club with my daughter. My daughter thought it was great. She was about seven at the time and being able to take her dad out and just beat the crap out of her dad. She thought that was fantastic. <laughs> what an amazing thing to be able to do. Um, and I, I enjoyed it for the fitness. That was good. And uh, a friend of mine, when I was working in London, he has a, a gym just outside of Potter's Bar. He does a lot of um, kickboxing and that type of stuff. So I went to there when I was down in London. And uh, yeah, I was just trying all sorts of things. I, I even tried things like, you know, Fat burning coffee. I mean, who on earth believes fat burning coffee is going to work? You know, <laughs> you'd be surprised. <laughs> you have to be a desperate person, you know. And, but the thing is, when you're in that situation and you, you you can't find a solution, you do start to become that desperate person. You think, yeah. well, I've got to find it. I've got to work a way out. And it almost becomes a an obsession in its own right. It's true. It's so it's so true. Cause like I'm I'm a fitness coach myself, so as you were talking, like I was chuckling because like you're absolutely right. I see it all the time. Like people think you can rub this cream on your belly and it, it melts body fat. It's like there's no way in hell that's a thing. There's no way. So like the industry, they prey on people's insecurities. You know, like we we see it with the beauty industry. You know, like it's that's just how the big companies work. So like they'll, they'll find something that gets people emotional. And they'll put a product out and people will just flock and buy and just hope it works. But at the end of the day, you have to just eat more, eat better more than you eat bad. And you have to move more than you sit. That's the formula. (laughs) You know, yeah, there's some outliers out there, people on medications and stuff. But for the majority of people looking to get fit, that's the formula. Eat clean more than you eat dirty (laughs) and move more than you sit. Do those two things over time, you're going to be in all right shape. Yeah, 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 absolutely spot on. And it's it's funny you should mention about being a fitness coach because literally when I got to 2019, I've been at it trying trying to lose weight for about five years. I lost about 10 kilos, about 22 pounds. Um, which, given the fact I started off at 154 kilos and what's that, 340 pounds. Mm. Um, it was uh, it wasn't a lot, <laughs> yeah. 
I was on holiday with my wife Sarah in, um, in Lanzarote and we sat on top of uh, Mount Verde there, which is an inactive volcano, and just watching out over oh. the sunset as it was going over New Year's Eve. And I says, well, I, I can't, I can't make this work. I don't know what I'm going to do. And she just said, "Well, maybe, you, maybe you're just okay with who you are. You're a successful businessman. You've got a good family. You're respected by your friends, etc. Maybe this is just who you have to be." And I almost came away from that thinking, actually, maybe I, I have to settle for this. Maybe I've just got to mm. realize that my body's just going to start getting worse, etc. Yeah. Um, and and it's a bit of a double-edged sword because while I can talk about the symptoms and stuff I have at the time. I also had the, the future quite mapped out in front of me because my father's got fibromyalgia, diabetes, had several bouts of cancer. Uh, and in fact, his twin brother, my uncle, he died of cancer um, okay. only a couple of years ago. And then my younger brother, who's two years younger than me, he, he started with diabetes and fibromyalgia, etc. So I'm kind of thinking, it can't be much longer before I start it. Um, but I'd, I'd kind of got to the point where, you know, five years in, only, only dropping a tiny amount, nothing's really changing. I thought, well, this is it. So I was at an event down in um, the Crown Plaza Hotel in, in Felbridge near Gatwick Airport. And uh, just, just uh, doing, doing some bits down there. And anyway, this chap came up to the uh, table that I was sat with a friend of mine uh, at breakfast. Um, and then you always see something, you think he's incredibly, you know, he's incredibly well-dressed. He's got a really sharp suit on. You could tell he's incredibly well-proportioned. And you think, that guy really looks after himself. He looks the business. He looks like he's successful. Uh, and, yeah, he asked if he could have breakfast with us. He said, no problem. Come, come, uh, come have some breakfast. And we got chatting. And we turned the conversation around. You know, well, obviously, you're a successful guy. How, how did you keep yourself fit? And he said, well, I got myself uh, an online fitness coach. And then that's how I made it work. And I thought, okay, well, that's, that's interesting. I says, well, how does that kind of work? How, how does an online fitness coach kind of work? And he says, well, he, he kind of tells me what to do. And I just go away and do it at the times that I can make it work. And I kind of had that epiphany. I thought, actually, that makes more sense. Because trying to fit into the whole fitness regime model that they have for you, they kind of expect you to, I don't know, be working nine to five, Monday to Friday, in the same office, in the same place, and able to track your food and everything else. But when you're a businessman, right, you're all over the place. I mean, I, I couldn't guarantee to be in the same city, county, or country uh, for more than maybe a few days. Yeah. Uh, so literally, I mean, at one point, my, my wife would see me maybe about one week out of every four because I'd be just oh, all over so delivering well. some major changes around the world. Um, so having this opportunity to suddenly start to work with somebody just online, it was, a, it was like a revelation. Uh, and then the best part was he goes, and guess what? I brought him, brought my trainer to this event. I invited him down. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to go introduce you to him? I'm thinking, talk about serendipity or what? This is fantastic. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so one, one of the biggest things, things you said there was that you just had to accept that this is who you are. And being being a fitness coach, when I do consultations, I hear that a lot. People will sit down and they give me all the reasons in the world why they are the way they are. And I hear it all. Like, it's my medication. It's my metabolism. It's my age. It's my knees. It's my this. It's my that. And I'm like, all right, when you're done with all that nonsense, you ready to make a game plan. <laughs> you know, because like if because if that's the headspace that you're in you're not going to have the breakthrough that you want. You're, you're just not. I'm like, you just have to make a decision that you're fed up where you are. But where people go wrong is they get in 
unrealistic expectation in their head. You know, so like for you at, would you say 150 kilos? If you say, I want to get down to 140 pounds, like in that moment, that's unrealistic. You know, so if you say, all right, I want to get down to an even 300. That's realistic. That's something you can strive for. Then when you get to 300, all right, I want to get to 280. Then I want to get to 260. And you do it in bite-sized little doses. And I find this especially with females, you know, because I've trained over 3,000 women over the years because women want to go from zero to 100, like, that fast. Like, nope, we got back it up. Back it up. It's like, let's baby steps. Let's lose the first five pounds. We're going to celebrate. Don't worry about the 45 that you have to go. Let's just worry about these five, and then we'll get the next five, and then we'll get the next five. So, because it's all it's all in your, in, in your mind, because we're our own worst enemy, because we live in an age of where everything happens instantly. Like, if you have a question, you can pick up your phone and get an instant answer. You know, and so, but just when it comes to getting in shape and getting fit, it requires patience and it requires time. Like this isn't something you're going to train for two weeks and be in the best shape of your life, you know, but like you, you just have to have, have the big picture in mind, but be disciplined enough to celebrate all the little wins along the way. Yeah, absolutely. It's that, that kind of consistency, perseverance, that, that, that kind of absolute intention and, and, focus effectively to say that this is what I'm going for and and knowing that uh, it's not going to be perfect along the way uh, and it never is you know there's always going to be like things that trip you up but it is it's it's just an event it's like that one moment into and then straight away uh, it, it's not something that's going to be for life you're not a failure because you failed once you know it's just, it's just overcome that moment and you're okay um but it's interesting you were saying about the the goal setting, etc. Because that's uh, one thing we did do. But uh, I'll, we'll come back to that in a minute. It's quite a funny story. Um, but anyway, start, starting to work with the the fitness coach, one of the things I, uh, we started talking about is actually what we actually value in life. Mm-hmm. Because um, one of the things uh, I'm, I'm we've always been very big on goal setting and and kind of developing projects and schedules and all sorts of things like that. Certainly for businesses and making sure businesses work in those kind of ways. Yeah. Um, but I never thought actually how do you apply that to your own life and how do you make that work? Um, and it was fascinating to then work out actually well, what do I really do value in life? And as I started to go down this path to to kind of understand that, I kind of found out that you know people stick all sorts of things on their value list. They go on these these amazing kind of motivational speaker kind of seminars and they said, oh, you've got to get up at four o'clock every morning. You've got to do 3,000 burpees, read 20 books, write in your journal, etc." And they go, that's what I value. And it's like, no, it's not. These are things that you're kind of doing. It's not necessarily what you value. And, yes. and out of everything yes. that you value, there's probably only three things that you actually have that, that really guide your actions each and every single day because there's so many other things that happen in, in your life. Yeah. And, and these yeah. values then become those principles, those rocks that you base everything off. And, and after I kind of spent some time thinking about mine, I, I realized that it comes down to three key things. You know, I, I, value, I love working with my clients. You know, it, it's hard work, I guess, but at the same time, it's incredibly rewarding. I get to see some amazing places, work with some fabulous people in some of the most unbelievable kind of things that they expect you to do. Mm-hmm. And we get great results, and they want those great results. And, and, and I love spending time with friends. I've got an amazing um, 
circles of friends doing all sorts of things. Like I was saying just before I came on air about doing things like the snow sculpting and stuff or canoeing or going on various different adventures and things. And I love spending time with them. I love helping them. Uh, and, you know, that was the other thing that came come to mind. And then the third thing that I thought I actually do value, and it comes back to like you were saying earlier about things like your family. And, and to me, I love my family very much. I want them to use my life as a springboard to their greatness, to wherever they want yes. to take themselves. You know, and I want to be there so that I, I help rather than hinder them. But then looking at the other side of the equation, because everyone can see the rosy side, they can see the goals and they can settle those things. But sometimes you have to say, well, what happens if you don't achieve them? You know, where's the drivers behind everything that you're doing? So I, I kind of looked then back at my life and I thought, well, actually, look at my top three values. If I if I let myself develop diabetes, fibromyalgia, cancer, etc., then the reality is I wouldn't be able to help my clients. They wouldn't get the results that they needed. Uh, I wouldn't be able to spend as much time going doing the great adventures with my friends and stuff. Um, and I'd probably be letting them down at the time that they potentially need me. And But worst of all, the thing that really, really got me was when I thought, actually, what's the impact going to be on my family? Because rather than being a springboard for them, I think I'd become a millstone because I'd have to be look they'd have to be looking after me. Yes. Uh, and, and it would prevent them from doing things. And, and as soon as I kind of had that realization and kind of really pinned things back to those kind of three things, making those changes around lifestyle then became easy. It then became more more mechanical. You know, you, you eat right, you do the exercise, you build a schedule around you, you make sure you've got enough sleep, et cetera. Those more the mechanical items that make it work. Yes. But kind of hitting yes. those, those values were probably one of the biggest game changers for me. Yeah, and, and I tell people too, I'm like, what do you do for work? You know, because people are like, oh, it's so hard to stick to a routine and it's so hard to this. I'm like, what do you do for work? It's like, how many things do you do at your job that you don't want to do? Because <laughs> you know, even people that love what they like me, I love being a fitness coach. I don't love doing the follow-up, chasing people on the phone and sending the emails and finding content to post. Like, I don't enjoy that part. I love being in the gym, motivating people, inspiring people, and watching them crush their goals. But in order to have that moment, I have to embrace the stuff I don't want to do. And when you're trying to get fit and healthy, okay, yeah, maybe in the beginning it's tough to drink the amount of water you're supposed to drink. Because when you first start, yes, you're going to pee your brains out. But once your body adapts to it and your body starts getting used to having that increased level of water, it's going to use it better and it's going to level out. But people do it for a day or two. Like, I can't do it. I'm spending, you know, every five minutes I'm running to the bathroom. It's like, yeah, because your body's not used to it. That's why it's trying to eliminate it. It's like you got to keep it, keep it going. And it's the same thing in business. It's the same thing in sports. Like, I'm an athlete myself, and I love the competition. I don't necessarily love the training, the drills getting out there on the basketball court and shooting the same shot a hundred times. But when you get in the game, that shot's money, you know, and people are like, Oh my God, you're this, you're that. I said, no, no, no. I train. <laughs> like I am this way because I train people who are fit. They're intentional about it. Like people like, like yourself that went through an amazing transformation. You were intentional about it. So my question to you is how did you keep the motivation to keep going? 
Yeah, well, those, those values were the real thing that kept the motivation. And then from there, it just literally just building uh, on it. Because, you know, within the first three months, we'd lost like 10 kilos, 22 pounds. And it had taken me five years to do that previously. But again, it was that absolute clarity of focus, having the right, doing the right things at the right time in the right way that kind of helped be able to build that consistency and then starting to see those small results kind of make a difference so it's like one of those things you start to feel it yourself more so when i've lost those first 10 kilos it felt great mm -hmm. and then after that in the next three months it slowed down a little bit i lost seven kilos um but you know start people started to see it and they, even me for example i used to go out and literally replace my entire wardrobe because none of my suits fit or anything it was just ridiculous <laughs> i literally looked like a little kid playing his dad's clothes it was that getting that bad and, and then the following th uh, three months i was losing even more on the space of about 18 months i'd gone down from 154 kilos down to 94 kilos so wow. that's that's the that's going from two what 340 pounds to, to 207 pounds mm, so amazing. yeah and, and the thing is it wasn't just the the weight loss or the fact of the the fat loss that made the difference uh, or moving from being a 54 inch waist to a 32 inch waist it was all the other things that kind of came along with it so I, I, my back doesn't hurt anymore that's absolutely fantastic yes. I, can, yes. I, I can run again i can play again i can do handstands i'm not entirely sure when that comes in useful for board meetings etc but i can still do it you know? <laughs> I, and it's it seems like uh, not being as tired or, or or not having the brain fog and all that kind of jazz that you don't realize you, you've slipped into because of the, the, the other effects that effectively you've had on your body. But all of a sudden now you started to treat your body a little bit better and you're giving it the exercise that it needs. Because, I mean, let's face it, we've had 250,000 years to grow the bodies that we've got to do the things yeah. that it's supposed to do, which is hunting, running, and all that kind of lovely stuff. And it's yeah. only really been like 100 years or so that we've made it very lethargic. So it's still not caught up. So we need to give it that, that ability to do it. But yeah, as soon as I started to realize that, it, it, the momentum just came. Yeah, even even 50 years ago, because I'm, I'm 48, and I remember being in school, and ob obesity wasn't the norm mm -hmm. like it is now. And again, you know, people people don't like it when you tell the truth, but that's that's a fact. It's like it, it just wasn't. And now it's almost like it's celebrated, you know. And again, going back to like big pharma and the big companies, it's like they want us overweight, out of shape and on medication. <laughs> you know, like that's where they make their billions. Like it, it's a it's a harsh reality. So then when, when people like us come out and we talk about health and stuff, that's why I made that disclaimer about like this isn't fat shaming. Cause like you see all these videos, like if you post a before and after photo, you're fat shaming. I'm like, no, I'm showing my, I'm showing my results. So, you know, like I was overweight once, you know, not, not to where you were, but, but I lost, I lost 45 pounds and I'm just on, just under five months. It's like, I went, when I tell you, I went all in and I had to get back to my, my all American form at the time. You know, this was in my mid twenties, but I, I was like, this, this doesn't work for me. You know, like if someone is overweight and they love themselves and they're happy with themselves, have at it. You know, we're talking about the person that's not happy in their skin, that wants to make a change, that they're borderline type 2 or full-blown type 2 diabetic. They have high blood pressure. They have a higher risk of heart disease. We're speaking to you. If, if you want to change yourself, you can help. I mean, you can get help. And there's people like us who have been through it that can guide you along the way. You know, so we got we got a few a few minutes left here. What are you working on? You know, um, anything else you want to share? Feel free. 
Yeah, just just going back to that bit, um, it is it's, it's it's incredible where we are with with obesity, and I think it's definitely something that needs more conversations happening. I mean, when you think about it, the the WHO, the World Health Organization, they put a report out in 2010 saying there's like a billion people on the planet that are overweight or obese, and at that time you had loads of like celebrities, etc., trying to make a big difference. In the UK, we had people like Jamie Oliver, for example, trying mm-hmm. to help school kids have better meals in schools and stuff, yeah. and uh, you know you'd be thinking with all the effort that people have put into it to try and educate people and give people services that actually we should be in a better position but when 2019 came along and the new report came out it was what 1.9 billion people that's like a quarter of the planet yeah and um and you're thinking christ that's dreadful and then we have the whole covid thing which has increased the, the more people there but then i was reading um a report that came out last month in, in my, oh, this month sorry beginning of march not quite april yet um from uh, the world obesity report and uh, they're saying now that uh, by 2035 they're expecting eight uh, sorry four billion people to be overweight or obese that's the quarter of planet wow. and the big worrying statistic is that one of the biggest drivers from that's not just um from the normal um demographics but it's actually from hard-working professionals you know people like you know doctors nurses engineers etc it's also from from children there's a large number of children now coming into that category so it's 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 a absolutely shocking kind of thing and that's certainly from my perspective being one of the kind of key reasons to go there and talk to people about it but you're right so many people can create so many excuses to why they can't do it i had enough excuses and if if i needed any more i could have easily made them up but the thing is (laughs) you you can either make excuses or you can make results you've got to make your decision which one you want though exactly yeah like when people talk to me about about their food choices and like well i have kids i'm like so I'm like, there, there isn't a pediatrician out there that prescribes junk food. There's not one. I was like, like your kids eat what you buy. I'm like, I have kids myself. I have five. And they can tell you, they open up the fridge and be like, Dad, we need to go shopping. I'm like, no, we don't. <laughs> I know we don't. And it's like, I mean, where I lived at the time, I, I could get to the supermarket in two minutes, you know. So I literally shopped every single day. And I kept just enough food on hand for each day. That way, there was no temptation of overeating. You know, like mm-hmm. me as the parent, it's my job to drive that. So whenever people say, well, I have kids, they're like, that, that's a you thing. That, that, you know, it's like, it's not to say that we didn't get pizza, we didn't get Chinese food, but we didn't get excess. Like if they wanted ice cream, I, like I wouldn't get a tub of ice cream. I would get a six pack of something. We each get one and there's no excess, you know? Yeah. So just like, just like you said, you can make excuses or you can make results, you know? And, and I don't want my kids growing up thinking that just having whatever you want, getting whatever you want is the norm. Like that's not the norm. So if you guys yeah. want stuff, you'll work for it. Like in business, if you want success, you got to work for it. In fitness, you want results, you got to work for it. Like that's how life works. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Beyond a measure of a doubt, you go, you get get out of it what you put in. Yes, absolutely. All right, so give us some final words. Let let people know where they can find you. Yeah, so if you, if you want to get in touch, you just for search for Martin Sharp or Sharp Fit for Life. I'm on uh, YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else as normal. And yeah, you always welcome anybody to to reach out, say hi, and uh, start a conversation. Love it. All right, give us some final words. So so there's someone. No, actually, you know what? Talk to your old self. 
right? So talk to your old self at 154 kilos. What do you have, have to say to someone else who's in that situation right now? Don't give up. <laughs> there is a solution out there. You just got to remember everybody's body's different. You just got to find the solution that works for you, fits your lifestyle, and matches your goals. Perfect. Got nothing else to add for that. Thank you very much for joining. Um, don't, si don't sign out yet because I, I want to talk to you when I stop the broadcast. But uh, thank you for joining, sharing your story, sharing your insights, and I'll talk to you in a minute. Right, well, have you. a great day. Thanks, you too. All right. So that was Martin. If you're just now tuning in, make sure you go back and listen to the entire thing. So especially if you're struggling with weight loss or just getting fit in general, if you find yourself yo-yoing up and down, reach out. Watch this episode, you know, listen to Martin's story, how he went from over 340 pounds down to 207 pounds. There's a lot of info, there's a lot of wisdom, a lot of experience there. And that's what we do here. I highlight people's stories. We go through what they struggled with so we can help you get through whatever you're struggling with. All right. So I am glad to be back. Thank you guys for being patient in my three-month absence. And we'll be back again on Tuesday. We have an all-star panel coming up on April 20th, April 22nd. So I have the six panelists already selected, and we're going to have a great conversation. So thank you very much, and I will see you then. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com. Till next time, shut up and grind.